This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 272, Nowhere to Thrive. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. I have something special for you this time. Uh, this is a presentation I called Nowhere to Thrive, helping you get through what's uh, happening in this world today, in this great, crazy world. Okay, let's take it away. You can't turn on a television or a news app on your phone without hearing it all over the place. And is it really true? I mean, honestly, there's a number of different news stories and financial pundits out there saying, you know, really, you're going to have to just deal with major market losses and more. But is it really true? Are we truly just tennis balls floating down the financial gutter of life? Or can we take some control of our financial future and build real strategies that matter? In our presentation today, we're going to discover if there's anything we can all do against the mega headwinds of economic malaise coming right at us. I want you to know where to thrive. Now, if your airplane can only fly at 100 miles an hour, and there's a jet stream coming at you at 230 miles an hour, it does not matter how hard your airplane pushes into that headwind, you're going to be moving like you're flying your airplane backwards. And maybe that's how it feels. It might feel like you're just doing your very best to try to make ends meet, to try to make a little extra money, to try to cut expenses. So we have a few choices. We can either fight against the headwinds and see ourselves getting pushed backwards. We can Maybe we land our plane, maybe sit out this recession, sit out some of these economic turmoil that we see on the news, and we just wait for things to get rosy and beautiful again. Or we let the headwind become a tailwind. We use that wind to our advantage. So how do we do that? That's what I want to spend the rest of our talk today revealing, discussing, and exploring with you. If you could sit down with money across the table, and you and money sit down and enter into an agreement together, what would it sound like? What would it look like? How would you sign for that? What is your purpose statement you have with money? Do you have a, a written agreement between you and this thing called money? It's certainly a big player in your life. You might have a contract with a business partner. You might have a contract with your renter or your landlord. If you can have a contract with your landlord, you should certainly have a contract with your money. So what are some ways to think about a contract, a financial contract of purpose? Let me ask you this question. In five years... Looking back on success that you might have had over these five years with money, what specifically has changed? What problems would you have addressed? Here's another question to think about. What would money look like if it were easy? What would your financial life look like if it were easy? Let me ask another question. Why is money in your life? Isn't that an interesting question? We never stop to think about why money is there and what does it help you accomplish? What is your financial contract of purpose? Here's one to just sort of uh, knock around in your mind as you get started. It's a one-sentence contract. Money allows for abundant time, energy, and attention for my family, mainly outside serving community. Now, this is a working definition I have for money, my financial purpose with money, and it could change over time, but this is a statement that I believe sort of puts in place what is money, why is it important, and more importantly, what's more important than money in my life? I want to make sure that I've got my priorities straight 
and I want money to serve me, not the other way around. For me, I want the abundance of time, the abundance of energy, the abundance of attention on the things that truly matter, which are my family. I love being outside and I love serving community and I want money to do those things for me and with me. All right, so the power of the contract cannot be overstated. It's literally the bedrock of Western and really all of civilization. Now, there are powerful financial strategies that you can build using contracts, and they can protect you against the financial headwinds that we're faced with right now, the financial law of entropy to destroy everything that you've worked so hard to achieve. These financial contracts have existed for hundreds and even thousands of years. Markets may fall, interest rates may rise, but the contract will always hold true. Now, seriously, if we lose the contract, essentially we can forfeit all of civilization. If you don't have a contract, you don't have the asset. Think about real estate. You might think your real estate is yours, but in fact, it's the contract that proves it's yours. If you don't have a contract to that real estate deal, all you have is shotgun rights to that property down the street. So let's compare paper wealth and contractual wealth. Here's some examples of paper wealth. Your home value. The value of your home is purely based on Zillow's feelings for the day or whoever's going to buy that house from you. Until they've signed a contract that they'll buy it from you, all you have is paper wealth. Stock values. Well, look out below, right? Market values can go up. They can come down. What about meme stocks and non-fungible tokens? Boy, oh boy, that's been a traumatic asset class this year as we wrap up 2022. So my question as we look at contracts is where could you save large amounts of cash that never lose value but grow on a contractually guaranteed basis? Let's talk about how to write that contract and build true wealth, contractual wealth, not just paper wealth and paper losses. There are certainly some creative real estate strategies that use the power of contracts and we believe in those. But for our conversation today, we're going to be talking about contracts that include guarantees. Two strategies specifically that we're going to explore as we go through this talk today. Let's talk about a contract that does work, that does have guarantees. And it's one known as bank on yourself. And it's a contract for your whole life. Forgive the pun there, but it's using a whole life insurance contract. Bank on yourself type whole life insurance. It's exquisitely designed for this purpose. You can put in any amount of money as it's designed and custom designed for you, and it's guaranteed to grow for you on a predictable and even guaranteed basis. So there's no more volatility, no more lost decades. In fact, it is life insurance, so it will allow you to leave a legacy and gives you permission to spend your money now. This is different, altogether different than term insurance, which is purely renting a death benefit. No, this is owning your policy for life. It gives you access to cash as you need it and a place to park cash when you need it as well. And as mentioned, it is liquid. It's accessible cash. And most people have literally no or very little liquid cash saved. So by having some of your money in a true high cash value, dividend paying, whole life insurance policy, you can have a liquid bucket of money that's contractually guaranteed that you can access the cash and can guaranteed to grow for you each and every year. So this allows you to weather any storm without losing the compound growth of your money. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when you need the cash, you can borrow against the cash value, and that allows the cash value to continue to grow as if you didn't touch the money. So let me say this a slightly different way. 
You see, with whole life insurance, that's designed a very special way. We're going to call it a bank on yourself designed whole life insurance policy. If it's designed that very specific way, then the policy will continue to compound and grow even on the capital you borrowed as if there was no loan. So if I've got $100,000 of cash value and let's say a $500,000 death benefit, then my $100,000 of cash value is liquid and accessible for me. I can borrow against it. Let's say I borrow out $60,000 and I put that money to work in a real estate deal, let's say, or just for any other purpose. My policy will continue to grow on the entire $100,000, even on the 60 that I took out for the other project or purpose. This gives me uninterrupted compounding and lets my money continue to grow for me as if I hadn't touched a dime of the money. And that's truly a contract with your wealth. When you have uninterrupted compounding, really the world becomes a lot more sane, a lot more in your control. And finally, it does allow for a volatility buffer, a chance for you to buffer against the volatility of the markets. Let me give you an example of what this looks like in a very simple way. Now, there are many ways to design and construct a bank on yourself designed whole life policy. So please don't let the numbers or the structure get in the way of the concept. I just want to focus on the concept here. So in this person's situation, he had $400,000 from the sale of a real estate deal that he could put into a single premium whole life insurance policy. Now, once again, you could take one or even two zeros off of these numbers and they are all proportional. So take a zero off, take two zeros off or add a zero to, to these numbers. It's all directly proportional. But in his case, he had 400,000 that he was able to redirect. He's able in the first year to have $378,000 of cash value. That's the money he can use and spend on this side of the grass. And if he moves to the other side of the grass, he has $1.7 million he can leave his family. Now watch how this thing grows. Even in just three years, he's surely beating other cash savings accounts and CDs and money market accounts. Look at that. He's already got 411,000 in just three years. And by year eight, he's increased his wealth by $107,000. So this helps offset the impacts of inflation. Let's take a look at what he's able to use this money for. All right, so this is the same policy, but now he's taking a loan against this $378,000. In year eight, his money had grown by 107,000 bucks. So keep that number in mind. So in the scenario we're looking at here, he's taken a loan for $360,000 and he decides he wants to repay that loan over eight years. Now, over the course of those eight years, he does pay some loan interest to access the cash. In fact, he pays a total of $54,000, which is an annual percentage rate of only 2.1%. That's a pretty good deal for borrowing money, 2.1%. But that is still cash. That's still 54 grand of interest and expense. So why would he do that? Why would he borrow and pay interest to a policy when he could have just paid cash for the investment? Let's say he was doing a multifamily deal in this case. Couldn't he have just paid cash and avoided all that loan interest? Well, sure. But when you pay cash for something, you no longer get compound growth on your money. By using this policy, by following this method, by banking on himself, his money continued to grow in the policy as well as out there in the multifamily deal that he purchased. His policy grew by $107,000. And even though he paid $54,000 of interest, his spread, the arbitrage, the benefit to him was still an amazing $53,704. That's the difference between what the policy grew by, $107,000, and the interest that he paid, $54,000. So what's better, paying cash for the multifamily deal and getting $0? 
of compound growth, except for what's made in the apartment building, or getting an arbitrage of 53 grand and still getting the apartment building's appreciation over eight years, the rent money from eight years. It's obvious that this is better than just merely paying cash. And it was obvious to this person as well, this client of ours, and he was so thrilled, he said, how do I do that again? So we did. In the 10th year, he found another deal in this hypothetical scenario. And in the 10th year, he took another loan for $550,000 because now his cash value has increased to 551 grand in year 10. So he takes that second loan of $550,000 and repays it over eight years. Now, once again, there was loan interest. And in this case, after eight years, he's completely paid off the loan and he has a loan interest of 74,900 bucks that works out to 1.9% APR. I don't know many banks out there willing to offer a 1.9% line of credit to anybody these days. Meanwhile, the policy from year 10 to year 17 grew an astounding $182,000. So now his arbitrage, instead of being 53,000, as was in year eight, the arbitrage is now twice that at 107,000 bucks. What am I trying to say here? I'm saying the policy gets more and more efficient every year you keep it. Now, please understand that every policy is designed differently. And while your interest and your numbers might be different, this is a concept that holds true with most of the policies that we set up. It's also true that you might decide to put in one premium. You might decide to put in multiple premiums over many years. This is just to show a concept. In fact, major retirement researchers, including Wade Fow and Michael Finca, who are both PhDs in retirement research, have decided that using cash value life insurance as a volatility buffer can help you protect yourself against the flaws and, and problems of the stock market, the volatility of the stock market. Let's say, for example, you're 65 years old and you've done all the right things and you've been able to accumulate an impressive $2 million in an IRA. And now it's time to start taking money out of that IRA. So you take out $150,000 pre-tax from your IRA to spend on groceries and grandkids in your retirement at age 65. And due to a market downturn that same year, your remaining IRA balance at the end of the year is $1.5 million. Youch. You only took out 150 grand, but almost a little over $400,000 was removed from your value of your IRA in just one year. Once again, you start again in the second year, you take another $150,000 out. And once again, the market pummels you with a negative 26%. Now we're down to only a million bucks. In just two years, you've lost half of your IRA balance. How do you think you'd feel after two years seeing half of your life savings vaporized? Now we have some wonderful positive market years the year after, but even so, at age 80, we only have 941,000 bucks left. And we're not sure we're going to make that money last as long as we do. Now let's compare this then to having just a few years worth of income socked away safely in a whole life insurance policy. You start out with the same 2 million bucks, but in this case, when the markets are down, you take out the money you need from the whole life insurance policy, which is, by the way, designed tax-free, so you don't have to take out but 100,000, not 150. So in the good years, you take out some money from the market. And in the bad years, you take out the after-tax money from your whole life policy. And by doing this in just, say, four years during the certain down years of the market, instead you have an impressive $3.7 million of IRA money, as well as some money left over in the life insurance policy, not to mention a death benefit for the policy as well. 
So that's success, true success to fight against a volatile stock market, to build some contracts, even up against the uncertain stock market future. Now, what about the uncertainty of inflation? What can bank on yourself do to fight back against inflation? Well, it is concerning to see central banks manipulating interest rates, and nothing is truly immune to a Weimar Germany-style inflation where runaway inflation happens overnight. However, if inflation is even double digits over a few years, remember your premium is guaranteed and set for life. So this means that the contributions you're making to the whole life insurance policy do not get more expensive as years go on. In fact, it may be one of the only things in your life that will guarantee that they'll never raise the price on you. Imagine if your gallon of milk or bread could do that at the grocery store. Also good news, your cash value and death benefit both grow according to the profits of the insurance company. This means the cash value would grow even faster during higher interest rate environments. So it's not immune to hyperinflation, but the cash value and death benefit would grow by a larger dollar amount than what you'd see on any current spreadsheets that you might see on your whole life contract. In fact, in the 1980s, whole life insurance achieved some significant even double-digit dividends, keeping up with the rates of mortgages at that time. So we can party like it's 1980. I'm not sure I'm ready to grow a mullet just yet, but uh, I do like the idea anyway. <laughs> and here's an example of how the dividends have looked from the year 1900 to 2018 from one of our favorite insurance companies. This is an insurance company that's been around for over 100 years and they've never missed a dividend, even during bouts of depressions, hyperinflation, stagflation, recessions, and more. So that is the first strategy I want to cover with you. In terms of contractual wealth, the bank on yourself strategy does work. But let's talk about the second strategy. This is a strategy known as the income maximization strategy. And it's really a contract with your mailbox money. Now, strategy number two is how to not run out of money, even if you live to age 120. Guys, you have to realize that the number one fear of Americans is running out of money, according to AARP. And the average 65-year-old will outlive their savings by almost a decade, according to the World Economic Forum. So I have a question for you. As you think about your net worth, your account balances, your retirement accounts, what is the safe amount of money that you could withdraw from your retirement account and not lose money? What is the safe amount that you could take out of your retirement account starting at age, let's say, 65 to make sure that you never run out of money? What about market volatility? What if we have too much inflation? What if the tax law changes? In fact, it's very difficult for even PhDs to come up with an answer to that question. What's the safe amount of money you could take out of your retirement account and not run out of income? But honestly, folks have had to do this for many years, and we've used a tool known as a pension, but those are now, unfortunately, a thing of the past. Now when we might need it more than ever, since we're all living longer now. So generations ago, this specific financial vehicle was designed to guarantee that even if you ran out of money, you'd never run out of income. In fact, this vehicle is recommended by the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College and other experts. What is it? It's a modernized annuity. It's designed to contractually guarantee an income to you for as long as you live. And of course, even the Wall Street Journal is admitting now that it's a retirement account with airbags. So there are a number of retirement experts that have spoken about annuities, but I'm not sure if anyone's listening. In fact, Robert Merton wrote in the Harvard Business Review, that our approach to retirement planning is all wrong. We need to think about monthly income rather than net worth. 
An annuity is the only financial product that can generate income that will last as long as someone may live, whether that's age 80, 90, 100, or beyond. That's Frank O'Connor, the vice president of the Insured Retirement Institute. And J. Mark Erie, Treasury Department Deputy Assistant Secretary for Retirement and Health Policy from 2009 to 2017, says annuities can help retirees protect themselves from outliving their savings. Now, I was walking through a museum in nearby Chicago here and stumbled across this placard and took a picture of it. And what truly caught my attention was the details under this long parchment contract that I saw written across the wall. It was an old museum, very small, tucked away on the University of Chicago campus. But what struck me was the long parchment paper was, of all things, an annuity contract. It was an annuity contract. You'd be surprised to learn that annuities go back as far back as Roman times. Annuities came to America in 1759, and at first they were offered only to church pastors in Pennsylvania, but now they are offered to, of course, everybody. And what is it? It's a permanent contractually guaranteed income for as long as you live. And this annuity in particular that I took a picture of was written up in December of 365 B.C., So that is just jaw-dropping to think that those kind of contracts have existed for thousands of years. But what are annuities? What kind of annuities are there? There's two types generally, and there's various ways you can sort of structure them. The two types are fixed annuities and variable annuities. And the first question is, is my money safe? With variable annuities, we have to say no. There is significant market risk on variable annuities. With variable annuities, you invest your money into sub-accounts designed to mimic mutual funds. And that means your account value can go up and down. Only the death benefit is guaranteed on a variable annuity. With a fixed annuity, there is no market risk, which means your money is safe and protected. Now, the next question after safety is when do you want your income to start? And there's two answers. You can either take your income right away or you can defer it to the future. Immediate annuities pay you immediately after you start the contract, after you start your annuity. It could be within 30 days. Deferred annuities might be deferred for a year, two years, 10 years, however long you'd like to wait. The longer you can wait, the more income you'll receive from the annuity. The next question after waiting or taking it instantly is, do you want your money to grow at a determined rate or are you open to some changes? If you want a determined growth rate, take a fixed declared rate annuity. If you are comfortable with getting some zeros or getting some higher numbers, Your growth might be tied to an index known as a fixed indexed annuity. There's still no risk of loss, but now you can participate on the upside of the market. Let's talk about what that looks like. So here's an example of someone who purchased a fixed annuity. That's the blue line. Somebody who invested directly into the S&P 500 index. That's the red line, truly invested in a stock market index. The green line, though, is a fixed indexed annuity tied to the same index, the same S&P 500. In year one and two, as you can see, the red line does the best. In year 1998, 99, and 2000, the tech bubble was roaring, and everybody who was anybody had Pets.com and Enron filling up their portfolio. And folks on the blue or the green line would look like suckers. In fact, it looks like the green line only participates about three quarters or 75% of what the red line was doing. And so the green line is underperforming by the year 2000. But of course, that's not where the story ends. As the tech bubble begins to burst, the red line takes a nosedive. But notice the fixed indexed annuity keeps its contract value protected and secure, does not lose a penny due to market downturns. 
And you can see again, as the market begins to recover, the green line picks right up where it left off. There's an annual reset where that green line continues to grow and compound as the red line begins to climb and grow again. And then again, in 2008, we have the major market crash and the great financial crisis of 2008 and nine. But once again, the green line stays protected, even as the red line, the S&P 500, gets cut in half again for the second time in a decade. So I'm happy to say that your green line beats the red line in this story. Even if the red line was more than the green at the end of this story, I have a question for you. Which of these two rides would you rather take? And of course, even the blue line has some advantages to it. So as you can see, there are certain years the green line is flat. When the market crashes, the green line remains flat. But the blue line in those same years is the only thing showing growth. So a fixed annuity and a fixed indexed annuity both have a place in people's portfolios. Let's talk about a specific example of how this might work out in someone's real life. Let's say you had an IRA with $250,000. And let's say you're 57 years old when you put the money into the new fixed indexed annuity. When you put the money into a fixed annuity for $250,000 at age 57. Now let's say you let that money grow at a compound rate. The income value can grow in one specific contract I saw. The income value can grow at 7.2%. That's say for eight years. So from age 57 to age 65, your income value would grow to $436,000. That's pretty nice. And then we turn on an income at age 65 and receive 5% of the money in the account value, which is $21,800. That's guaranteed for the rest of your life. And if you live for the next 30 years to age 95, that's a total of $654,000 and would continue to pay out even if you live past age 95 for as long as you live. So now this is getting pretty exciting. Imagine having an income you could never outlive. You could forget about questions that might haunt you right now, such as, what if I take too much money out of my retirement? Or even worse, maybe, what if I take too little out and live in a forced poverty? And what if the market tanks and slashes the value of my nest egg? With a guaranteed lifetime income, wrestling with these concerns is a thing of the past. Modernized annuities generate an increasing income if you do it right. You can fund with many different sources. You can fund it with cash savings. You can fund it with your old IRA or 401k. And this allows you to participate in the market during the up years, but protects you against market downturns. How would you like to participate in only the recovery years, but not in the market meltdown years? A fixed indexed annuity gives you that safety, security with no risk of loss during the market downturns. And it brings you a potential increase in your income. That's huge. We're going to talk about that next. It gives you an increase in your income and your net worth when the markets recover. Let me give you an example of how this works. Let's say, for example, you're 55 and you have $500,000 in an IRA that you just transfer tax deferred, no taxes due, to transfer that money into a fixed indexed annuity. And then you wait five years from age 55 to age 60. And at age 60, you retire. That money of 500 grand, as you you can see here on the purple line, went from 500 grand all the way up to 600 grand. There were no negative years in those important years right before you retire. And at age 60, you decide you're ready for some income. So you turn it on. The annual income is $35,000. That's not bad. Wall Street would only recommend 16,500 based on a withdrawal rate of 2.8% of 600,000 bucks. So we're able to take essentially double the income that Wall Street would recommend at $35,000 of annual income in the first year. 
But watch what happens next. It's not so much where income starts. It's what happens next that really matters. Notice that your initial income payment continues to increase. With this particular fixed indexed annuity, your income can increase following any year the allocation earns some interest. And that income becomes permanent. So when you take an increase in your income, that higher payment is then guaranteed for the rest of your life. So if the market crashes the following year, you're purely protected. You get the same higher income you received from the previous year. Notice in years eight and nine, there was no pay raise. The blue line is about as high as it was the year before. That probably was due to a market downturn. Everyone else was having to cut back on what they could take from their 401ks and IRAs. And you simply got protection to get the same high income you received from the previous year. And as the market recovers, you get to rebound and continue your upward trend, getting a higher and larger income for as long as you live. And that income actually makes it all the way up to $90,000 by year 30 of this contract's existence. Year 30, you're at $90,000 of income. That's incredible. But maybe most incredible is what happens in the 21st year. So at that point, you're taking a little over $65,000 of income in the 21st year, working your way through your golden years. But something very important happens in year 21. You've run out of money. You're out of cash. And yet the contract states that you will receive an income for as long as you live. So even if you run out of money, you never run out of income and it will continue to pay you for as long as you, and if you're married, as long as either of you should live. So it's not about a return on investment. I don't believe that ROI stands for return on investment. Now my ROI is my rate of income. How can I get the most efficient income for the savings I have? That's what's going to allow us to know where to thrive and avoid the headwinds that are coming at us in today's economy. So there are certainly plenty of reasons to avoid the old-fashioned annuities. Old-fashioned annuities would do something known as annuitize, but newer contracts give you a guaranteed lifetime income rider, which adds a tremendous amount of flexibility. Annuitizing means that the insurance company would keep your cash, and if you died prematurely, the insurance company would keep that money from your kids. Now in today's riders, you're allowed to keep your account value liquid, meaning you can use it for emergencies. And the rider allows you to start and even stop the income at a higher amount should you need to turn off the income for any reason. And if we do it right, you can even increase your income, which keeps up with inflation. And you can leave the annuity value, the account value, as a gift to your family should you pass away prematurely. Okay, so let's talk about how we can make all this happen when using bank on yourself type whole life insurance and modern income annuities. You can add to these contracts through various means. You can make a single payment. You can set up a series of monthly contributions. You can set up a tax-free rollover of your 401k or IRA into an annuity. You can do tax-free transfers of CDs and money market accounts into annuities. You can do tax-free transfers of old life insurance policies into a new properly structured bank on yourself type policy. You can reposition cash savings that you might have or other regular windfalls, business bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. You can rethink that tax refund. And instead of spending it on a flat screen TV, you could put that money into a bank on yourself design policy or an income annuity. You can even rethink your home equity strategy that you might have. Why keep that money buried in the drywall of your house and not able to be used? Now, please understand, this is not about get rich quick. This is about getting rich for sure. It's a contract with your financial future, but it's not a good fit for everybody. So please don't pursue this. If you need quick 
overnight wealth strategies, contracts take time to build real value. So avoid any of these strategies if you are just dependent on the thrilling ups and downs of the market. But don't count yourself out due to age or health issues. I've had folks who were in their 80s get life insurance, and I've had folks in their 20s and 30s get annuities. I've had folks with significant health issues get both annuities and whole life insurance. It does not require a perfect specimen of health or beauty to be able to get a bank on yourself designed whole life policy or an income annuity like we've described. It also shouldn't count you out just because you have modest means. You may be able to set up and benefit from contractual wealth and avoid listening to radio hosts on the radio uh, spout off what they think they believe about either of these two strategies. It's just not so. So let's summarize. We're telling everyone now, and now you know where to thrive. You can build your wealth through contracts, not through hopes and schemes. But in order to know where to thrive, you have to apply your knowledge. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. So my question to you now is, how will you apply what you've learned here today? If what you thought was true about your money turned out to be false, when would you want to know? And more importantly, what would you change? So as we wrap up, I need you to make sure to avoid and beware of the, oh, I can do that for you advisors. There are a number of other advisors out there who think they know what they're doing. I've seen it, unfortunately, all too often. There are a number of knockoff brands out there for spouting off similar strategies, but no other group of financial professionals uh, have any sort of certification or authorization or ongoing commitments and continuing education than a bank on yourself professional. You can work with us and I'd love to work with you. But if you must find someone else, make sure they are a bank on yourself professional before you begin to work with them. They'll make sure that it's designed correctly. If you want to learn more about building real wealth, contractual wealth, no matter what's happening in the economy, the stock market, I can help you. Imagine what it would feel like to look forward to opening your account statements because they always had good news and never had any ugly surprises. I'm requesting that you take the very first step and request a free 15-minute introductory phone session. And let's find out if any of these financial strategies could help you work with you in your specific situation and goals. If you've made it this far, I know you're interested in bettering your financial future. So let's talk. I know you probably have some questions. Go to kickstartwithmark.com and I'd be honored to sit down and answer those questions for you. So thank you for your time. I look forward to seeing what we can do together. Thanks so much for letting me go through that with you guys. I had a lot of fun putting that presentation together. With all that said, I am Mark Willis, your host and humble servant, looking forward to more steps in the revolution with you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.